Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Oh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Raining outside, that may be troublesome to some, but I thank the Lord for the rain. Amen. What a privilege to be in the house of the Lord this morning. If you're a guest with us today, we want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us today. We really appreciate it and do not take it for granted. If you would go to your Bible this morning and go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 12 while you're finding that, just to remember and keep pastor and first lady in prayer while they're away for God's protective hand to be upon them. I want to preach to us this morning from uh, this title, There is Power in a Word. There is power in a word. Let's pray this morning. Father, I love you. So thankful for the privilege to be in this house. Thankful, God, that you allow us together at an appointed place and an appointed time with such a precious group of people. We come with expectation today knowing that your word, Lord, will go forth knowing that you will have something in store for us to build our faith, a solid, sure foundation that we can stand upon. I pray today that the Spirit of God be poured out upon us, that your Word would insinuate itself into our life, God, that we would not just be hearers of the Word, Lord, but let us be doers. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the whole house said, Amen. Before you're seated, let's, let's turn to a neighbor and tell them that you come to church today just to see them. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. I did come to see you this morning, but amen, I come to see the Lord and for what he has in store for me. I want to move as quickly as I can this morning without impugning the word of God. And if you're a note taker, um, I will refer to a lot of scripture this morning. Uh, I'll do so rather quickly, not to be disrespectful, but for the sake of time, I want to move quickly. And uh, there will be some scriptures that I have not given our media. Uh, So if you want to write them down, Be ready and be prepared. There is power in a word. When I say or speak certain words, they elicit or they provoke certain thoughts and emotions. Perhaps like when I say the word love, it provokes in your mind this morning a specific thought, a specific emotion. You may be in love right now with someone and it's a great feeling or For some, it may provide a negative emotion because perhaps you have had uh, some disappointing relationships in your life. Whatever the case may be, when I use the word love, there is power in that word. When I speak the word hate, 
It elicits emotions in you and I. Perhaps you have hated at some point. Perhaps you hate presently. Or perhaps you are being hated presently. But whatever the case, the word hate uh, stirs up some emotions in us. Worthless is a word that perhaps you have heard at some point in your life. Maybe someone uttered this word to you in a, a moment of frustration. Perhaps a parent that that spoke it to you in a heated moment, whatever the case may be, the word worthless when it was injected into your life had a negative impact upon you. Forgiveness is a word that uh, just just the word itself, forgiveness, ushers up such, such great thoughts and emotions and feelings knowing that we can be forgiven of our sins. It's, it's a word that has the, the power to change our thought our emotion, and the word for forgiveness can even change and impact our state of being. When I say the word abuse, for some today there may be a twinge or perhaps a gut-wrenching feeling over something that has happened to you in your past. Uh, Maybe someone was abuseful or hurtful towards you. Belonging. Belonging is a word that makes us feel gratefulness if we're a part of something and we belong to something. It kind of makes us feel special knowing that we're a part of a group or a part of a, a part of a people. And if you don't belong to anything, you feel alone and, and hopeless and there's a sorrowful feeling. Peace. We all know that peace is one of those things when you have it, it feels so great. And when you don't have the peace of God in your life, it feels so distant, so far away. Words are so powerful that even in our modern society there are certain words that are forbidden or they're frowned upon due to their devastating impact upon individuals or cultures. There are words today that if I were to speak behind this desk, not particularly aim them at anyone, but if I were to just say the words, it would bring question or, or thought into your mind. How could Jerry say that? How, how could he speak those damaging or hurtful words? How could he use that word? Because they are words that are so harmful and they're so damaging to our lives. Wars have been started over words. Wars have been waged using nothing but words. We call them war of words. Friendships have been lost. Marriages have been destroyed. Children have been driven into insecurity simply over the power of a word. Someone saying, I hate you. You are worthless. You won't ever change. Or words that can harm us or injure us and have an everlasting effect on our lives and they can pierce us or cut us to the core. So impacting is the power of a word that the writer warned us in Proverbs 12 and 18 in our text that we will use this morning. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. One translation of the Bible is penned this way, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. If you've lived very long, you know this to be true. The words of the reckless pierce like a sword. There is no doubt that many of us, if not all of us here today, have been wounded by the recklessness of words. The reckless words of a loved one, the betraying words of a friend, the reckless gossip of a of a co-worker or a colleague, reckless words, they pierce like a sword. In a spiritual sense, our adversary, the devil, is no different. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. 
In other words, he uses the power of words to tear down and destroy. He is the master. He is the master at reckless and false words. He whispers into my ears and he whispers into your ears words that cause us sometimes to flinch, words that produce doubts and fears, words that make us question our very worth and even question our own ability to live victorious lives full of joy and peace. You have heard the words from the devil before if you have been around church very long. Why why don't you just quit going to church? No one cares about you there anyway. Why don't you just give in to temptation today? After all, you deserve it. You've been good for a long time now. The words of the enemy are the words that say in our ears, what if your spouse is being unfaithful to you? What if your kids are getting into trouble at school today? What if you lose your job this week? The devil specializes, and he's a master at words of discouragement. No one appreciates you, he will tell us. You have no value in the church. You're a failure, and God is done with you. And the words of the reckless accuser of the brethren pierce like a sword and they cause us to withdraw from being involved in the church and they cause us to give in to temptation and they cause us to even withhold our praise and even doubt our salvation and our very worth. It's sometimes his word, the enemy's word, the word of the accuser can cause us pain that drives us to the tipping point of our lives. Words that will drive us to consider doing things that we never thought we would do. It's the enemy's words that cause us to consider throwing in the the, the, the spiritual towel and giving up the good fight of faith. There are people that are not in church today. Hear me. There are people that are not in church today simply because of the words of the accuser of the brethren. It is the piercing words of Satan that causes an anointed and gifted minister to hang up their ministry due to self-doubt and, and, and a wounded spirit. It is the piercing word of the enemy that causes a saint of God to fall away and to backslide from their apostolic walk with God. See, it was simply the word of the accuser of the brethren in the garden that introduced sin into the world in the first place. When he whispered to Eve that uh, ignore and, and devalue what God has said to you, even though his word is more powerful in knowledge, and the creator said, do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The reason why Satan tries so hard to get us to heed his reckless word and to listen to his rants and his insinuations is because he knows that if he can get us to focus on what he's trying to place into our life, if we can just get so wrapped up in all the wrong and, and, and what the devil is trying to do in our lives, then it takes our focus off of God and it takes our focus off the church and it takes our focus off the word and it, it is at that point in that time that he can pierce our very soul. He knows that the power of the word, that his words and the words of everyone under his influence can pierce us. But the word of the wise, as our scripture said this morning, can bring power and healing. The second part of Proverbs 18 and says, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And I've come today, this morning, I know I've kind of opened uh, with a little downtrodden, but I've come to preach some good news to somebody today. You may have been wounded in your life by the reckless words of a parent. You may have felt devastation from the reckless words of a spouse. You may have been pierced by the thoughtless words of a 
friend, the devil himself may have trashed you today. He may have drugged you through the mud and he may have robbed you of your peace and joy and your salvation because he is continually reminding you of the past. But I've come to declare in the Holy Ghost this morning that the tongue of the wise brings healing today and there is none wiser than our God. Paul describes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 and 17, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and amen. Jude 1 and 25 says he is the only wise God. So if he is the epitome of wisdom, if he is the only wise God, then it should come as no surprise to us that his word is powerful. In fact, we are the people of the name of Jesus. There is no other name more powerful than the name of Jesus. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby me must be saved than Jesus. Paul described the name of Jesus as that name that is above everything. Isaiah said that his name would be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and as powerful and as high and mighty as the name is, there is one thing on this earth that holds more power than the name. Psalms 138 and 2 makes this amazing declaration. I will worship toward thy holy temple. I will praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In other words, the psalmist recognized the power of the word of God because Jesus is simply the embodiment of the word. John said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He went on to say all things were made by the word, that life is in the word and the word became flesh. So the word is powerful and it's exalted above the very name today. Because it's so powerful, it brings healing. Because it's so powerful, it brings overcoming power. Because the word is so powerful, there's deliverance in the word for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So as the words of the devil pierce like a sword today the word of the only one wise God is the sword of the spirit which we have access to for spiritual warfare hear me today every piece of armor that we take on is for the defensive we have our helmet of salvation we have our shield of faith we have our breastplate of righteousness we have our loins girt about with truth we have our feet shod with the gospel of peace every one of them is for defense to withstand the fiery darts that the enemy throws at us but when it comes to the word when it comes to the word it's not for a defensive posture that we must take it's not to go crawl in some corner and roll up in a fetal position and try to withstand what the enemy is throwing at us but when it comes to the word of God we are to unsheath it it is the power of the word of God and we are to stand it is the word that is an offensive weapon in our hands so as we go into the world and when the enemy comes against us and pierces us we need a revelation and a reclamation of the power of the word when Jesus was tempted in the garden he didn't backpedal he didn't go hide in some corner somewhere he simply pulled out the word and said, it is written, and that is enough. This is forever settled. It will never change. Everything that happens in our life, everything that comes against us, the word is applicable to the solution of the problem. David said the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Job hungered for the word more than he wanted food. Moses for the word at giving the power when he went into to Pharaoh's house. It was the word that said let my people 
go. It was the word that enabled Abel by faith to give a more excellent sacrifice. That's why it is so important for us to heed heed David's words in 119 and 11 of the psalm. Thy words have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee because in the moment of temptation, you can't afford to go on the defense. When the enemy comes at us, we can't afford to, to crawl away or hide And that's our problem most of the time in this apostolic walk with God. The enemy has us on our heels. He has us playing defense when we should be on offense. Pastor has preached so eloquently from James and James 4 and 7 said, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The word resist here means to stand or to oppose or to fight. In other words, if we want the devil to flee from us, we're going to have to stand up and face him and look him in the eye and take the word. It's not our reason, it's not my reason, it's not by my willpower, but it's by the word that I can stand and face the enemy. When the devil whispers into our ears and tells us that we are defeated and there is no use going on, we've got to pull out the sword and says, you know what, devil? The word says in Isaiah 54 and 17 that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me. So devil, go ahead and try to pierce me with the recklessness of your word, but you've got to remind him today that my righteousness is of not my own, but it is of the Lord. When the devil tries to pierce us with fear over our financial situations, we've got to remind him that my God shall supply all my needs. I'm preaching today about the power of a word. When sickness comes into our body or our spirit and tries to drag us down, we have to remind him of Isaiah 53 and 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and with his stripes we are healed when the reckless spirit of bitterness and wrath tries to pierce us make no mistake it has pierced so many and caused them to walk away from apostolic truth we got to remind the enemy of Ephesians 4 and 31 when Paul said let all wrath bitterness and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away instead devil here's what I'm going to do I'm going to be kind one to another. I'm going to be tender-hearted. I'm going to be forgiven when the accuser comes to me. And he says, you have failed too many times. God won't forgive you. He's done with you. We've got to use the word and remind him of the words in John when he said, if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. I want to tell somebody today, you have not gone too far. You have not done too much. God is not done with you. If you will simply confess at this altar today, He is a God that will not lie. He is just to forgive us. We've got to stand in the face of the accuser of the brethren today and declare, I can confess and I can be forgiven. We are going to go through tribulations and the accuser is going to try to drag us down but we've got to remind him of what Jesus said in John 16 and 33. These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We're serving and overcoming God today. We're more than conquerors. We are victorious today. We can't let the enemy talk us into backing down or backsliding. We win, ladies and gentlemen. In the end, we win. When he throws something at us that we didn't plan on and we don't think we can give, get through it, speak the words. I know it sounds repetitive sometimes, but I can do all things 
all things through Christ. We've got to stand and use the word. In a moment of doubt, in a moment of frustration, use the word. We are spirit-filled believers here today. And we must use the word of God as it was intended to be used as the sword of the spirit. It's the spirit. It is the spirit that enables us to wield the word. It's not enough. It's not enough in this day and hour just to be a spirit-filled believer. We can come here and we can pray and we worship. We can speak in tongues and be full of the Holy Ghost. But the reason we have been been empowered by the spirit is so we can leave this place and wield the word of God Jesus says it's the spirit that leads us into all truth the spirit without the word the spirit without the word please take this in the context that I say it in but the spirit without the word is worthless listen you can speak in tongues every day of the week but if you don't have the word There's people all over this world speaking tongues every day. But they don't have truth. They don't have the word. And without the truth, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We can get so busy going through life. And I'll run to the front of the line. Let me pull all of y'all out of that pot and I'll jump in the fire by myself. I can get so busy living this life that I... I'm not careful, I rely on a Sunday to Sunday experience. Go through the week on focused on nothing else but putting bread on the table, making a living. I'll get to church on Sunday. We'll have a powerful service. The word will be there on Sunday. It's all about the here and now. But the word of the wise declared in Matthew 4 and 4, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In other words, when we go throughout our week, it's got to be the word that dictates my day-to-day living. It's not circumstance. It's not what happens. It's work. It's not about any other thing but the word. Our society is all about feelings. This don't feel good. That don't feel good. I like how this feels. I I, I think it's all right to do this. I, I think the preaching's a little harsh. I don't see where anything's wrong with that. Let me remind somebody today, respectfully, it's not about how you feel. It's not about how... I feel when Nicodemus come to Jesus in the middle of the night, he said, what do I got to do to be saved? He said, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's not about how you feel. It's about the commandments of the word that's going to dictate where we spend an eternity. That's why when the reckless words of the accuser of the brethren try to convince us and gives us all the reasons in the world to miss the house of God. you got to stand on the word. You ever, you ever have anybody yesterday evening get the feeling and start thinking about a, a reason or a, to miss church today? I, I guess I'm the only one. I, I, I was... <laughs> Uh, honesty, uh, honesty is a wonderful thing. I was studying last night and fighting against this, and I said, you know what? I could call Brother Rayleigh and tell him I ain't up to par. <laughs> he just had to cover today. 
But we gotta. Am I the only one that happens to? I guess so. We gotta fight. You gotta push through that. We need to find every avenue. We need to find every highway. We need to find every interstate we can get on to get more of the word. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost. We've got to have a steady diet of the word of God so that when we face accusations and temptations of the enemy, we can be in the pit of despair and still go forward in faith because of the word. Even when life ain't going right. There are people right now today, don't take offense to this, there are people right now today living this apostolic way of life that are on the verge of backsliding. They are on the verge of giving up and throwing in the towel because they have allowed themselves to listen to the reckless words of the enemy. They've been given heed to seducing spirits doctrines of the devil that are trying to get them to love this present world and to part from the faith. Listen to all the junk from the devil, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we don't, don't ever assume or make the mistake of thinking, well, it won't happen to me. I'm telling you, he's after every one of us right now as I speak. And we've got to keep our soul and our mind on guard if we're going to be victorious in these last days, the word has got to become such an integral part of our life that even in opposition, the word drives us forward. Even when something does, Brother Gibson, I want so much of the word in me that even if I do have some doubts, even if something does come up against me and wants wants to cause me to throw in that towel, I want the word to be so in me that it overwhelms that feeling that comes against me. I want to be like Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you talking? Oh, man, you, you think you've had a rough day. Jeremiah's trying to preach the word. He's accused. He's thrown in a pit. Repent! Repent, repent, repent. He's trying to preach to the people of God. And he's had enough. He said, I'm not even going to mention the name again. I'm done with it. I'm through. I'll sit down here and die. We, we, we got to be like Jeremiah. He said in 20, Jeremiah 20 and 9, he says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more his name, but his word. It was in my heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. Let me put that into our language. I tried everything I could to get away from the word. I tried everything I could to walk away from God. But the word, the word, the world, the word was so powerful in my life. I'm speaking to somebody today in the Holy Ghost. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing right now in life. And I have no idea the circumstances that are stacked against you. But I've come today with a word from the Lord. And the Almighty God said He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This word never changes. It's forever settled. And what you need to do today, what you need to do today is stand up in whatever it is you're facing. You put your finger in the face of the enemy. You put your finger in the face of the enemy and you get a verse. 
You get a verse and you, you hang on to that verse. And you tell the devil, you are a liar and the words you speak are reckless. And I declare, I declare the words of the wise God. You find that verse. It may be different for every one of us here today, but whatever the verse may be in your life that gives you hope, that gives you inspiration, that drives you to keep going forward, you take that verse and you hang on to it. And every time a circumstance arises in your life, you declare the word. You say, Jerry, what what are you talking about? you're, You're crazy. I keep an old Bible in my truck because I'm not perfect and sometimes things come against me and I've committed it to memory, but there's something there's something about holding the Word of God in your hand. And when something comes against me since 2005, I've committed a verse to my life. And when something comes against me, I reach in that console and I say, Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord and He inclined unto me. He heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. You find a word today and hang on to it and let God deliver you from whatever it is you may be facing. You may have to stand in the face of the enemy. You may have to become a preacher, but preach the word. Thus saith the Lord. Praise God. I would to God... I would to God that we would get a double portion of Jeremiah today and say even when I feel like giving up, His Word, it's His Word that drives me and keeps me going. Who are we going to believe today? The voice of the enemy who has come to kill. Don't be fooled today. He's out to kill us. Don't be fooled by the enemy. Who are we going to believe? Him or the one who brings healing? The one whose tongue is wise? If our musicians will come, I'm trying to come to a close. I I don't know what you're facing today. But grab a hold of a word. There is power in a word. There's some in this house today, and I say this respectfully, but you've laid down the sword of the Spirit. We don't read it enough. We don't quote it enough. We're simply content to hear it once or twice a week. We've got to get back to the Word. Brother Chris preached the necessity of prayer Wednesday night. With your permission, I'm adding to it. This is part two. Prayer and the Word. Let the Word dictate our life. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. What does that mean, Jerry? It divides asunder. What that means is when the Word is in my heart and I'm somewhere where I don't need to be, it says, Jerry, you, you better get away from there. When the Word is in my heart and I'm in a conversation I don't need to be in, it says, Jerry... You, you better step away from that. When the Word is in my heart, when the Word is in my heart and there's something on my computer screen that I have no business looking at, it says, Jerry, you, 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 better, you better hit X. You better hit escape. It's the Word. In other words, when the Word is in us, 
and we begin to have bad thoughts, evil thoughts, thoughts of destruction, the Word of God will divide them through our life, but He can't work in us if the Word is not in us. We've got to, it's more than what is said behind this desk for 30 or 40 minutes twice a week. It's the bread of life. We can't live in this world by just going through the motions, but we've got to live by what proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. I, I, I have struggled with this yesterday and today. I had a dream. How many, how many's got something going on in your life right now? It's all right. Raise your hand. Sickness, lost loved one, lost child. I, I believe I've seen every, everybody's got something wrong. I woke up. I didn't wake up. Jennifer woke me up Friday, early Saturday morning, about three o'clock in the morning, and I was screaming. Shaking. There was an individual. It was inside of a building. It was a big steel door. And the building was on fire. Don't ask me why steel's on fire. I I dream crazy stuff, but and I was trying to get the door open. And me being a man, I'm strong enough. I can I can get this door open. Somebody's on the other side burning up. I can hear the torments of their cries. I'm on fire. I'm on fire. And the Lord quickened in my spirit. You cannot open that door on your own. But with my word. With my word. I'm going to need some help. We're going to do something a little different. And I'm going to need some help from some seasoned saints who won't think that I'm completely crazy. Brother Chris is fixing to come and he's going to lead us in praise and worship. And they're going to put some words on the screen. But I want everybody in this house that's got a problem. If you ain't got a problem, this, don't, this is not applicable to you. And I'd like to talk with you after church to see how you get through life with, without problems. But I want us to take our Bibles, whether it be a pad, whether it be your telephone, I want you to take the Word of God in your hand. And I want you to get a verse. Perhaps I've quoted one this morning that, that would apply to you. Perhaps you've had one that you've hung on to your whole life. That's all right. Go ahead right now. Right now, I want you to get whatever it is that you've got the word on. If it's a phone, that's okay. I want you to go to that verse. We're going to stand across this house. And they're going to come lead us in worship. But for the first few minutes of this first song, we're not going to sing. But we're going to take the word of God, that verse that you have chosen in your hand. In whatever situation, I am not a prophet this morning, but I'm declaring in the Holy Ghost that whatever it is that's in your life that's come against you, 
I'm telling you that if you will obey the word of the Lord this morning, God is going to move in that situation. So you take the word of God in your hand and you pick you a verse. Brother Chris, you come on. You come on and let's begin to sing. And as, and as the spirit of God begins to move, if you feel like staying in your seat, you do that. You stay right there in your seat. But if you feel like coming to this altar, if you feel like proclaiming the word of God, we're gonna do that this morning. And for the first few minutes, don't sing a word that's on that screen but I want you to take that verse and with an audible voice I want you to cry to heaven and let the word of God pierce let the word of God move and let it do something in our lives today this message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church we pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.